In this episode of the Beamable Game Dev Podcast, I sit down with Uma, the developer of A Night at the Races that just launched on Nintendo Switch. I think you're really going to enjoy this interview, so let's jump into it. Uma, how are you? Thanks, fine. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. We are here to talk about A Night at the Races. You just launched this game on the Switch. Are you on cloud nine right now? Are you so excited? Uh, to be honest, I'm a bit uh, shocked that we actually managed to do that. I'm still in shock. You know, I have a game and it's on Switch. It's weird. <laughs> um, I still feel like a child sometimes. So uh, if I was able to go back uh, 30 years ago or so and uh, if I were to tell myself that you're going to have a game on Switch, uh, it's a new console, you know, it's Nintendo. <laughs> My child version would be, uh, he would probably wouldn't believe me. But <laughs> it's, it's, it's a, I mean, I'm still, uh, I can't still believe, I can't believe it, actually. Still, it's, it's still a shock. What was it like for you on September 3rd? When you went to the eShop and saw your game in that list with games like Mario Odyssey and Mario Kart and all these other games, and here is a night at the races. Um, on, on September 3rd, it was a bit different. It wasn't like this because I was still very nervous and uh, my publisher was still uh, sending me documents and uh, talking about pre-orders and you know, stuff that we should do. I was shaking, actually, <laughs> because yeah, on release day, even if you have a publisher, it's not an easy process. You're uh, uh, just handling a lot of things at the same time. And I wasn't able to grasp the thing that just happened when I saw the shop screen, because uh, it's not only you, by the way. It's your team members. It's your family. They are sending, you know, the screenshots. Oh, you, look at that! You're on Switch now. You released the game. Woo! Everyone is so excited. But uh, I maybe because, uh, as I said before, I'm an introverted guy. I wasn't able to uh, get the hang of it. Uh, being excited, you know, matching the excitement of other people and I'm, I was still in shock and uh, it was a bit difficult for me because I was still thinking about the stuff that I should do beside my uh, besides what my publisher uh, usually does so it was a different day no, I was not like this actually you, you, it sounds like it was a little bit nerve, a little bit nerve wracking, and uh, yes. a little bit, a uh, lot of, lot of paperwork. Sounds like a lot of emails going back and forth. Yes, and yes. It was a, it was even a, um, a very calm release for me actually because I had a publisher. You know, I have a publisher for this game, and uh, I released this game previously on PC and to uh, two thousand and nineteen. And it was all by myself. It was even more hectic. And before that, I released a lot of small games. And believe me or not, it's all releases are um, very, um, very chaotic, should I say? 
Yeah. Uh, is somehow, uh, uh, even if you say that, oh, I planned everything, everything will go according to the plan, you, it's just a different beast. You, you get used to it a bit better with time, but uh, it's never easy, I think, especially for a guy like me. I don't know. <laughs> this is great. This is great information, though, because I, I, from 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 my perspective, I I would assume that it's like the the date comes and it's like pop the champagne and everything. You know, it's a big party, but there's still work to be done. Yes, uh, I'm. I believe there are people like this. You. Uh, I mean, I haven't seen it, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, there are people um, who can, you know, take things in a more calmer way, and uh, uh, perhaps that's a better um, way to deal with things. Uh, I mean, I wasn't uh, shaking and shouting everyone. I I was still able to do my job on the release day. But uh, somehow there is uh, general partying in the release day and perhaps at the nights when everything gets calmed down. But, um, you know, it was acting for me. What can I say? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah. it's different for different people. Sure. Yeah. Let's take, uh, let's take a little step back here. Let's talk okay. about, like, what... How did you get into the games industry, and what what inspired you? Uh, it's a long story. You want the long version or <laughs> short yeah, version? Yeah, of course. This, yeah, this, we want to hear stories. Yeah. So um, actually, I started with um, um, flash games uh, back in two thousand and nine or two thousand and eight or so. Uh, I, I was actually making websites with my partner back then at 2009. And uh, we were developing websites with content management systems for uh, companies. And we were doing pretty good. We were uh, doing our own business in our own time, uh, having a uh, nice local uh, clients. Uh, then uh, my partner wanted to uh, change the cities and wanted to do another thing because of personal reasons. But uh, at that time, I didn't want to go back and <laughs> search for <laughs> jobs <laughs> uh, because I was uh, used to uh, uh, running my own business. It's, it's kind of an addictive thing, you know, when you uh, get used to it, uh, having that kind of uh it's not easy. It's still uh, it's a lot of haggling, uh, a lot of a lot of struggle. Uh, you need to put a lot of more hours, perhaps, than your usual uh, uh, standard job. But I was used to it. I and I don't want to leave it. And there was already a commercial entity uh, that we set up, a company, sort of. Uh, and I don't want. I didn't want to, uh, to close it down. So I thought of uh, what can I do by myself? You know, my partner is leaving, and he was the workhorse of the company. He was doing uh, 
hard coding stuff and I was the designer kind of guy. Believe me or not, I was going and talking with clients by, by myself with this introverted personality. I believe mm. it. <laughs> it was still weird, but I was not, I was, I was doing okay. It, it was okay. But then I was all by myself and I thought, what can I do? Uh, how can I float this boat by all by myself? And I was looking to websites and stuff like that. Uh, and I saw a site named FGL, FGL.com. It's a flash game license.com. Uh, I mean, I, were, I was playing games and I played a lot of games in my childhood, but at university, I, because of, uh, because uh, in university, I stopped playing games because I was trying to figure out what my future would like be like. And I was trying to figure out my career paths, so to speak. So there was a big uh, empty timeline between my childhood and uh, back then in 2009. But when I saw these sites, uh, I saw uh, these little free games making money by uh, getting sponsorships, actually, you know? And I was surprised because they were this, there were these free games and they were actually making money. Oh, how, how is this possible? So I made, the, made my research and showed that you can actually get ads and sponsors in these little games. So, okay, I can develop something by by myself. I was doing web design in, in some capacity, so I learned a bit coding in Flash. Uh, and I started developing Flash games and put my first Flash game onto the sites and uh, it was received very well. And I continued, uh, I continued, uh, continued uh, doing that for um, four years, actually five or six years. And then as you know, flash died, but I wanted to continue. And I jumped to the mobile bandwagon, done some stuff there, but I always wanted to go back and uh, do PC games. Actually, it was a childhood dream, but I was never, I never believed back in the day that I could do stuff like that because uh, we were living in Turkey. I'm still living in Turkey, actually. And uh, there wasn't this kind of opportunity lurking around. You know, there was no YouTube, there was no uh, books enough, no educators. Uh, I... For a short time in my high school, I had a good programming uh, teacher and he showed me some basic, but that was all to it, you know. I I didn't know a way to break into games industry, as you know, because there was no games industry in this country. And, uh, you know, in, in university, I studied industrial design uh, so at that point, I was really uh, not seeing a way to go back to the computers and making this work. So I give it up altogether. But when this opportunity came and I saw Flash Games making some uh, progress, uh, I jumped in and since then, I made games actually. It's been 12 years or so, and 
journey continues. Like my first PC game in 2019, it was released, and I did races, as you know. And now, two years later, we are on Switch. This is the story. <laughs> it's beautiful. I love it. I love it. Like you just you you kept your your nose to the grindstone and just adapted and, and got it done. I mean, that's amazing. And look, look now. I mean, I was playing your game on the Switch before we started the interview. You know, it's it's incredible. I love that. What uh, are you are you playing any games right now? Do you have any games that you're playing? Yeah, I went playing. Uh, I went back to playing games uh, after finishing all this release stuff, and now I'm binging games in Steam a bit. I don't own and uh, I don't own a Nintendo Switch actually, so it was really hard for me to test my own game. <laughs> it's really uh, expensive here, and <laughs> we just borrowed the Nintendo dev kit, dev kit from our friends and. Thankfully, a lot of friends came to, you know, help and uh, we managed to finish our game with their help. But now I'm back to playing games on my PC, on my Steam. So what I played, uh, actually, I played Alien Isolation just oh, okay. days ago and actually, it was... It was tense, man. I don't know what to say. It's it's. Uh, but other other than that, I'm mostly playing relaxing games uh, right now. Uh, I played Carto. I played Townscaper. In perhaps you know, um, all of those games have uh, are much more relaxing than I normally used to play back in the day. You know. Uh, I'm playing these little in the games, so to speak, and I'm having fun, you know. Um, also, uh, I, I played Super Flight, I guess. I hope I remember the name uh, correctly. Super Flight, it's, it's a game where you fly downtown, um, not downtown, but in procedurally generated levels, and so you just freely fly, but there's also a competitive, not competitive, but there's an adrenaline, uh, adrenaline uh, pushing aspect to it. Even it's even though it's relaxing, you can try to make a high score by uh, pushing yourself close to the walls while flying and stuff like that. So uh, you know, uh, it's it's a good combination of relaxing and adrenaline seeking so to speak <laughs> that's nice it's good it's good to have a mix do you have a favorite indie title oh my god it's it's the hardest question to ask how, how yeah how do you come come up with these things <laughs> can you answer this question it's, it's so hard well can it, you answer it, this? it can be your favorite right now Right, it doesn't have to be your favorite of all time. Like, because if you're like me, my favorites sometimes change as something new comes out. Right, like if I if somebody asks me this question, what's your favorite indie title? Probably one of the first games that comes to mind. Yeah, is is a game called Braid. Oh it was my god, Braid! Braid is great. Yes. Yeah, it just that left an impact on me, and I just really enjoyed the story and the gameplay and everything. Uh, 
but there's been so many great indies since then. You know, we've talked about a handful of them, Celeste and Meat Boy and Golf Story is great. And I mean, the the list goes goes on and on. Killer Queen Black is a great party game, yeah. you know, like so so it doesn't have to be an all-time favorite, but just something that that sits on sits high on the list for you. Oh man, it's it's sharing it's changing every week, you know, it's really hard. If you ask me this question. If you would ask me this question two years ago or three years ago, I would probably say Binding of Isaac because I really played that game to death. You know, mm-hmm. I played it too much, uh, so I didn't even bought the following sequels because I kn- I knew that if I bought them, I would sunk a lot of hours. So I kept myself and just. Um, because it was a really great experience. Uh, there is uh, Terry Kavanagh's VVVVV. I don't know how it's pronounced still. It's six Vs, I guess. It's a platformer where you can change the direction of gravity. It was very odd looking in the title back in the day. Okay. And um, I don't know if you, for example, Last month I played Geneforge, an indie RPG, uh, which was made by uh, Jeff Vogel, the uh, godfather of indies, perhaps in RPG arena, because he's very famous in this small circle of indie developers. Mm. Uh, probably most people in the mainstream doesn't know him, but uh, I was able to play his, one of his games at last. Uh, and it was really, really, really good. You know, it's an, a game named Geneforge, and you're a shaper, a magician who can create things, and create. You can create your own army, just like Pokemon, <laughs> perhaps. Uh, but you can customize them, and you can roam around the world and uh, change a lot of stuff by your decisions. And it's an open world game, mm. so. There, there's that, and uh, one year ago I was really into Skyrock. It's an, um, it's something like a flight simulator, but not simulator. It's an arcade flight game, yeah. just like those old Sega games. Maybe you know, uh, uh, not like Afterburner, but I, what what was the name of the game? It's Skyfox, something like Fox. Something with Fox, maybe you know. There, there was Star Fox and the Super. Oh, Star Fox! Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Star Fox. It's just like Star Fox, uh, crude 3D graphics. Yeah. <laughs> but very, very playful uh, mechanics and very uh, entertaining uh, flights. You don't. Uh, it's not like a simulator. Uh, you don't think much about oh, what button button should I use or something like that, but. You're just giving yourself into this console exper- experience. And uh, I was really into that one year ago. So it changes every month. Yeah. If you ask me every month, I can answer with a new answer because I'm, whenever I play a new game, it becomes my favorite. I'm just bad with keeping favorites, you know. Hey, nothing, nothing wrong with that. You're in good company with me. I do the same thing, so... Let's transition a little bit here and let's talk about like what are some of the uh, the most exciting like what 
what what trends in the gaming industry got you the most excited right now? I'm normally not um, pretty. Uh, uh, how should I put it? Normally, I'm not a trend-seeking guy, uh, and I believe most of the time in the game developers are not people who are trying to, you know, follow trends. I know there are people who are exactly doing that uh, and, you know, trying to write the trends. Uh, but most of the time, uh, I believe that in the game developers become this way because they are trying to reenact their childhood, <laughs> perhaps, or just want to have fun, or just like me, they like coding aspects and building something and just building wonky things and having fun. So I'm not really, I don't know if I have a really good insights about trends to show people, oh, look, this is a good trend. You can follow it. I believe it's never a good way, but I can say this. Uh, there's this um, accessibility aspects uh, in games right now that's mm. uh, very appealing to me. What do I mean by that? Not only accessibility in terms of, you know, appealing to perhaps uh, blind people or, you know, disabled people, but in terms of more uh, diverse experiences, you know, um, 10 years ago, I, uh, was it already 10 years ago? I, I mean, 10 years ago, if you asked me if a game like Gone Home would, would have made it, I would have said no, but uh, walking simulators, for example, is a thing now, you know, uh, there are people playing like, uh, playing them and I think it's a good thing. I mean, you can still see these kind of new things coming up. And if you're going to, if you are trying to find the trends, I think that's one thing to look at because, uh, as I said, it's, it's the thing that we people are drawn to, you know, um, the novelty of things and diversity itself comes with novelty. When you are more open to different cultures and ready to hear about them, and when they're when these people can access this stuff like me, I'm a guy from Turkey. You know, I wasn't able to uh, bring my game to Steam or Xbox Live back in the day, but uh, it's Things are different now, you know, people can hear my story. A lot of great games from diverse people. And sometimes I realize this looking by the credits screen. Oh, this game, why is it so different? And I think it's really, really makes a difference. You know, it's uh, this is not a political correctness thing for me because I'm from a weird country. And I can really feel that uh, uh, it really affects the gaming area. For example, there's an, an, a game named Loop Hero. 
it's an RPG kind of thing, but it's not. It's also a clicker kind of thing. You know, I was wondering who who does this kind of game. It's looking very weird and it's very popular. And when I look at, uh, I guess it was a no clip documentary. Uh, I saw that guys are Russian and you know uh, they have a very distinct taste in aesthetics. All those grays and stuff that you would don't normally see in all uh, pixel arts. You know those muted colors and things, and it was fascinating, you know, to see a game like that, and it, it's it's still inspiring me. I'm, and uh, that's the trend I would look for, because uh, if you're an indie developer, the best thing you can do, it's a bit a cliche, but it's true. Best thing you can do is try to be yourself. Because that is the thing that makes you unique and different. And that will be the part that will attract people, you know. People won't come to your game because you're following another trend, a better game <laughs> that you are trying to copy. Uh, they will come, hopefully, because you are different and uh, you're giving them some value in your game. Hopefully, this is something... Uh, truthful to yourself. I mean, not something that you find by chasing some trend, uh, but you can just um, take down two birds with one stone, you know, by doing that. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> it does. It does. And I, I want to bring it back to A Night at the Races because okay. I've not played much of this game. I've, I've, spent, I've spent some time with it. But I was immediately drawn in to the fact that I was playing a character that was playing the games, right? And that, that I mean, and it 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 just took place through some dialogue and a little bit of uh, like clicking around on the screen, right? That you you realize like, oh, you're playing as this character. You know, and then of course I I saw the 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 marketing material and stuff, and 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 read about what the game was about, and watched the trailers, and and but you did an amazing job of in a very short amount of time with very little text, making me feel like I need to get good at this game so that I can get out of this this situation. <laughs> you know, in a very very short time, and. That seems like a pretty unique game to me. Like that, that, that's not as far as I mean, I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's other games where you play a game within a game, right? I mean, there's, there's so many games that I've never, I've never even heard of and or played, but, but to me, that was one of the factors that really, really drew me in. And so where did that idea come from and where, where, where'd the story come from? First of all, should I thank you or because of inducing anxiety while you play <laughs> while you play the game? Because I know it's a bit anxiety inducing, you know. Um, so how the story come out? Um, it's not an easy, there's not an easy answer because I made a lot of mistakes doing this game. It was originally supposed to be a six-month project where I was going to do this former parts and uh, okay, this will be 
done. I will release this just like a, just like I used to do in flash games. You know, it will be a short thing. But you know, I got carried away. I, this was supposed to be my first PC game, and before this, I tried several prototypes for some months, which didn't yield the results. So I was a bit frustrated, and it was the only prototype that left in my hands, which yielded better results in testing, and some of my friends were into it. Uh, so you can blame them if you're having a really hard time with platforming because of this became a reality. I just stuck my nose in it. I was planning to finish this in six months, right? But at the end of those six months, after all those plans, the thing that I made just didn't sit right with me. Mm. Uh, it was okay, it was playable, but uh, art was not polished and uh, uh, levels were, I think there was not any, uh, enough uh, uh, difference between levels and stuff like that. And, and I I'm going to release this to P, and uh, people will not pay money, you know. Uh, maybe I was wrong, actually. It was just an assumption. You know, I don't know. Uh, but uh, so I decided to continue, and I worked platform on platforming stuff, and just months passed away and away. And it started to look like a real game, but I was really burnt out, actually. Uh, at the one year and uh, or between one year or I don't know <laughs> everything is a blur now. <laughs> so I was really burnt out and I I just wanted to do a stop, you know. I but there was work in my hands and uh, if I were to go back to searching for jobs, I didn't have anything to show for last two years in my hands, you know. What did you do in the last two years? I didn't release it, you know. But I was really burnt, so I couldn't finish it. Uh, so uh, I bit time and uh, to myself, what is the thing that made me not want to continue this game? So, uh, there was a rough patch in my life. Back, back then, uh, you know, I was going to the studio, uh, my, my little office uh, in in another place. I was walking every morning and taking the bus from one place to another. Uh, and on that road, I was always seeing all these refugees coming from Syria border into the Turkey. So at that time, uh, I was not happy with myself doing games, but at the same time, I was seeing all these weird things happening in Turkey. You know, Turkey is not a, a country like, <laughs> how should I say this without uh, being unpolite? <laughs> Turkey is a bit of a mixed bag. You know, every day there's another political uh, stuff that makes you uh, really, you know, the feeling. 
I mean, it's not like a Scandinavian country where, where the most popular news is some, you know, unimportant stuff. Uh, I, I don't want to. <laughs> it's heavy <laughs> stuff. Angry, but it's, it's heavy. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're near Middle East. It's the reality of the world. Yeah. I mean, Turkey, we uh, see ourselves like a part of Europe, but we're actually in uh, both in Europe and Middle East, in Asia, you know, and we're always this kind of feeling like, you know, we live like there's nothing else going on in our lives. We go to Starbucks and drink our coffee and we, uh, it's like playing a role, you know, we, we are closing our our eyes most of the time and trying to stay alive in our little lives and try not to be affected by all this political stuff going on. And interestingly, all the world is now turning into Turkey. <laughs> Actually, everyone is uh, so anxious listening to news and uh, all this uh, anger going on in on Twitter and stuff like that. When I see this, I'm... Thinking like, oh, I was expecting Turkey to turn into a better country, but the world is turning into Turkey. So I was <laughs> uh, when I was going to work, I'm seeing all these people, and at the same time, I feel unhappy because just because I couldn't make a game and I couldn't finish a game, and it's it's really upsetting me. You know, I'm I. I had some money uh, to finish this game, although uh, it was not much. Uh, I was somehow making my dream thing, but still unhappy because I was really burnt out. And I felt really uh, unhappy with myself when I saw all these people, you know, refugees and other stuff going on in Turkey. There was a lot of terror bombings in Turkey back in the uh, back the, at, the, at that time when I was doing United races. So I figured that somehow, although it's looking very unrelated, could I? I thought if I could somehow bring that into my work and uh, build a connection between these platforming segments. Uh, it might be the only way that I can finish this game. Not that it would be a great game, but it would be the only way to, for me to finish. You know, it was just a way for me to uh, uh, move on uh, because I was paralyzed. I was, uh, I found myself with a game that I can't finish, which I spent two years. And it was not a good feeling. And I felt bad with myself. And I got angry angry with myself, uh, saying, uh, you know, I have everything. I have this job that I want, I chose. And I made, I was able to make money from it for years. But now I'm stuck. And I messed it up. I felt it like that. So this was for me an expression for, for a way to express myself in a very uh, in a very um, 
um, how should I say it's obtuse way, perhaps, mm. because I didn't want it to be an ex ex explicit statement, you know, yeah. <laughs> put on a platform. And um, so I made, I tried my best to infuse this uh, mixture of feelings into a scenario that would make a bit of a sense. You know, there's this platforming segments, <laughs> which looks, uh, you know, very lighthearted and a very goofy scenario. But in the same time, you're trying uh, to compete just because you need money. So I, I tried to uh, draw some parallels with what I, uh, I lose parallels, of course, not direct uh, uh, stuff, but... I somehow tried to convey the general feeling of that <laughs> oppression <laughs> that I felt in my life. Well, I mean, even before hearing that, it's just apparent. I felt like I was playing art that had ties to somebody or something, right? Like there was, there was just something there that was pulling me in and it's so interesting to now hear that the idea for the game and the idea for the story was coming like the, 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 the beautiful thing here is from a place of frustration, you were able to create art. And that's, I mean, that's, a, that's amazing and not just art, but I mean, art that like, well, I want to, I want to play more. I can't, I can't wait to, to work further along through this story while I'm platforming playing as this character, you know, but like hearing the, hearing where the, the, you know, just the place in your heart where that, where that, the, the game came from, like it makes it that much more, uh, it feels like there's a greater connection. And I'm going to look at it even differently now when I go and play it again, because it's like, oh, there's there's stuff happening in other parts of the world that are having, a, you know, that were impacting you on top of the frustration of this game. And then you added a whole nother game inside your game because of it. And we get to benefit from it. Like, it's a good thing. It's a really good thing. So thanks. Yeah. So this game is available on switch and PC. Yes. Okay. But um, Switch version is actually a bit better. Should I say, although okay. I or um, PC version is my original code and I have an affinity because of that. <laughs> I have to admit that when we are we were releasing it to Switch, we made a lot of changes mm. that made it more accessible because it's not an easy game. And uh, so we gave a lot of uh, stuff. Uh, we gave extra lives and made skipping levels uh, easy, achievable, easily achievable option in the menu so that's mm. people who just want to uh, see how the story unfolds 
can just skip levels as they as they seem fit. So I think uh, in PC version this is also available, but they're much uh, uh, they're hidden in menus, etc. And uh, Switch version also is built in Unity, <laughs> which makes makes it more performant and uh, uh, better looking in frame per second wise. Mm-hmm. You know, it's more fluid and it's more responsive in in my eyes. So I think if you have Switch, you should buy it in Switch. You know, it's looking great actually. I have one last question. Okay. What is the, and, and I mean, I kind of feel like we've got to hear a little bit of this, but what is the biggest lesson you've learned as a game dev? Don't make games. <laughs> I don't, don't know. Make games. <laughs> I don't know. This, <laughs> I mean, this whole ordeal, you know, it was costing me uh, everything, you know, my health. At one point, I was really depressed. Uh, I don't know. No, no, no. Make games, of course. It's not that. Yeah. But before uh, I tell my answer, uh, what what do you think I would say that? Because you said that. I, I, I think I see where we are going with this. So I, I'm just wondering, what's your lesson that you... Um, actually, you know, my, my takeaway from your story as a, as a creative is just to look, look around you for, for inspiration and, and, and look around you for ways to, uh, to translate that into, to art. That's kind of my, my big takeaway. Nice. Yes. It's definitely nice, but I was going to say something else, actually. But <laughs> I hope you won't um, you won't think of me less if I, I say know. this. Actually, I learned a lot about marketing. It's a weird take, I know. After all this art talk, <laughs> no, there's nothing wrong with that because it's still a business. Like, that's not like, I don't look at those two things as like mutually exclusive. It's like artists that are good marketers don't starve. Yes. Actually, actually, I was messing with you. Of course, of course. (laughs) (laughs) But really, uh, as you say, if if you want to make games, especially the ones uh, that you want to play, you know, there are people who make games just to make money, and it's okay. I mean, there's mobile games and hyper-casual stuff. I don't play them, but there are people who play them, and there are people who make this kind of games just to uh, catch a trend in some way and just to make some quick bucks. But if you're in the game developer and you, you're in this business, just like, as you said, you want to make something... Uh, that you would normally want to play, right? Something, uh, you want to play something as a gamer you know, and you call games an uh, artistic endeavor. 
should I say? Uh, so you want to this, uh, you really should understand that marketing is not only about advertising and something to be left to the publishers. It's something uh, starts in the design at your first day when you're nailing down. It's the problem that I uh, I have so many problems with this game because I haven't think of true from the beginning. You know, if I had done that and if I had true to my feelings at the first day, it would be a much better uh, process for me. Maybe game would be the same game or a bit different game. I don't know. We can never know. But, uh, you know, uh, hopefully you're making this to make a bit more money so that you can finance your next game, right? You're not making this just to, I will release it and I will go to back to my job, etc. perhaps, but it's just not for me. Uh, so if you're trying to say something new and still want to make some money to continue, uh, you should understand about aspects of marketing, like how do I communicate my game to players and how can I uh, easily um, convey the feeling and the main idea to players. You know, it's especially obvious in my game because it's... It's by design, you know. It's it's double. It's a it's a game in a game. There are two different ideas, and it's sometimes people see and say, "Oh, is it an adventure game?" Or people see it, "Oh, it's just a platformer game." But the other parts of the screenshots are perhaps from cutscenes, you know. Uh, and when they play it, okay, they can. Uh, understand what it's all about, but most of the time uh, players won't have this kind of uh, thing because we all know there are a lot of games, and uh, I don't even uh, you know give so much time when I'm uh, exploring so many games in my empty time. You know, even for research, I just check the trailer give it 10 seconds or so. If it's interesting, okay, I can perhaps look a bit more. But uh, it's always good if you can uh, summarize the essential experience in a very succinct, uh, very short, brief way in trailers, in images, and in words. And these are all different things, I know, but uh, uh, and you should think about these things not uh, in the middle of development like me, but in the beginning, actually. And it won't make you a sellout, you know, it won't make you just, a, just someone who is trying to ride the way of some uh, another game's stuff, but it will make you uh, a better communicator.
which I was struggling all this time because I wasn't, I'm never good at, with words. <laughs> As you can see, I'm never, never comfortable uh, speaking about my game or my ideas. This, this is why I, I'm making games, you know, perhaps. Uh, this is why I'm drawn to music, making music, because I'm not good with words. It's, but it's easier to take a guitar and play something. And coding, it's easier. But when you <laughs> ask me, okay, what's your game about? It can be really, really difficult for some people like me. So if you're a guy like that, just be aware that uh, this is actually marketing and uh, this is something you can learn and uh, you can get good at. And I'm string. I'm still trying to get good at it, and it will. It is uh, still. I'm still learning new things about design just by this. You know, design is not uh, going into one room and putting all these ideas in front of you. It's communication. If the other people can't get grasp on your idea or your product or your artwork, whatever it is, you'll have a hard time selling that and communicating that. People will get bored and won't give it a chance. But perhaps you made a great game. Who knows? You will need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable, should I say. <laughs> you you hit the nail on the head right there. I mean, that's why that's why you're here doing your first podcast, right? Yes, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Well, Uma, thank you so much for taking the time and uh, just letting us peel back the curtain on on a night at the races and and getting some insight for uh, for game development for for those of us that are that are learning. I just I, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to uh, to chat with me today. Thanks, Josh. I, I, I should thank you for having me. Thanks for this opportunity. So thank you very much. You are welcome. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Beamable Game Dev Podcast. If you'd like to chat with more game devs, head on over to beamable.com slash discord. And if you'd like more information on Beamable, head on over to beamable.com.